the request of the South Carolina Emergency Management Agency. This is in northern Greenville County. Look at this. Anywhere from marble to quarter size to a larger than golf ball size hail has been reported with. We'll get ready for major changes underway right now. As Here's kind of your bottom line in the upstate. Mostly rain Saturday, a wintry mix on Sunday. Welcome to the Weatherdaz Podcast Hour, your best resource for weather information today. And now on to Chris. Hey everyone, it's Chris with the Weather Guys, and this is the Weather Guys Podcast Hour, episode number 13. I first want to start off by saying I do apologize for the uh, the delay in uploading this uh, podcast this evening uh, because uh, my computer has been acting up. I've had to change some things around on it, and <clears throat> the uh, SoundCloud wasn't working right for some reason. I think their, their servers have been down, or they've been doing some upgrades or something, but should be good to go now. So I uh, just want to let you guys know that we interviewed Isaac Williams on February 19th, 2020. Um, and he is uh, from the Fox Carolina weather team. Thank you to Nicole Pape. She uh, mentioned it to him and he was interested and he joined us. And uh, this that evening we discussed uh, him being from Alabama. We, we discussed the uh, Weather or Not podcast uh, with Fox Carolina. We also discussed our favorite movie, Twister. And we talked about Dixie Alley since he is an Alabama boy, and uh, I'm, you know, we're from the South here in South Carolina, and uh, well, Dixie Alley does somewhat incorporate us, uh, but they have now, I think, renamed our area to maybe Carolina Alley, which would make sense. Um, we also discussed how he stays weather aware, and and you know the weather apps that he likes to use. Um, we, we got to his story about becoming a meteorologist and, and weather models and, and what they mean to him and, and how we as a weather community need to view them and utilize them ourselves. We uh, also discussed the uh, snow event that happened in the upstate and western North Carolina and eastern North Carolina on February 20th, 2020. And then we wanted to know what a storm day was like in the newsroom with, you know, at Fox Carolina. And, you know, Nicole touched on that, and he, he really touched on some more details. And it's, it's some really interesting information to see how they work as a team and, and how they utilize their team's knowledge and information and what they believe as a team um, for their weather forecast. And they, they stick to their guns. So with that being said, let me introduce you to meteorologist Isaac Williams. Everyone, this is uh, the Weather Guys Podcast Hour, episode number 13, and today um, I'd like to introduce you to meteorologist Isaac Williams. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. You are absolutely welcome. Thanks for um, jo you know joining us. Uh, uh, I guess Nicole uh, said something to you about it. She did. She did. <laughs> it was great to have her on and uh, to learn a lot more about um, our weather around here, and hopefully you can help us out today as well. I will do what I can. <laughs> <laughs> well, it seems like uh, you and Nicole were definitely already a uh, podcast ready with uh, Weather or Not. Tell us about your podcast. Uh, yeah, so we decided to start this up last year, um, you know, just as kind of a, a branching off to what we, you know, just talk about on television because, you know, they only give us two to three minutes sometimes and uh, we can only fit so much in there and um, we're, we're scientists at the core, so... Uh, a lot of what we do on television is – it has to be, you know, kind of, for lack of a better term, all the physics and models we look at have to be dumbed down a bit. We can't just start talking about, you know, vorticity and equations and this, that, and the other. So that podcast is just, um, you know, one of our avenues that we like to use just to expand on, like, our everyday forecasting stuff. I love really to uh, hear it. Um, I think you guys have done a wonderful job with it. It's it seems like it's still in its infancy and uh, it's uh, something new. And um, I enjoy listening to it for sure. Well, we sure appreciate it and hope to uh, hope to be able to continue it. That's awesome. So um, I see that you're an Alabama boy, through and through. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a Clemson fan, so 
<laughs> oh Lord, well we have to end this call now, I guess. <laughs> I think you're gonna say that. <laughs> um but I see that you uh you have some several animals at home, um, and uh you uh favorite movie is Twister. That's mine too. Yeah, you know, I think that's a common thing among uh meteorologists, weather enthusiasts. Um, you know, science aside, it's just one of those it's just one of those iconic movies that that every meteorologist has to see. Absolutely. I agree. I, um, I had a friend of mine that's going to um, get me a script to it, a copy of the script. And I'm like, I don't really need it. I kind of know it. <laughs> yeah, I can sit there and rehearse it pretty, pretty well. Uh, so um, how long have you been here in the upstate? Uh, this I have been here. Um, actually, what is today? This 19th. We're recording this on the 19th, correct? Yes. yes. So tomorrow will be my actual third year anniversary on this February 20th. Oh, well, um, so three years. Awesome. So, uh, speaking of that, uh, you know, you're from the South, you're from Alabama, and uh, you've done all kinds of crazy weather down here. Um, I have a, a good question uh, that just popped in my head. Um, explain Dixie Alley to the uh, the, the podcast listeners um, and, and how it seems like um, it may be shifting a little more east, or just give us your thoughts on that. Dixie Alley is um, basically an area that includes Birmingham over to Jackson, up to Memphis, Little Rock, that, that region. And, uh, it's one of the very few places, you know, in the world and the United States that has basically two distinct severe weather seasons. You know, we all have, we all know that severe weather can happen at any time of the year, but it's, it's something about that November and December timeframe that just in the last you know, 30, 40 years has, you know, really proven to be like a clear secondary peak. And really here in the last 10 years or so, uh, you know, it hasn't really dropped off from that, that November, December peak. It, it basically lasts all the way through May in that region. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm still very entrenched in Alabama weather, but, you know, here, as I was interviewing Three years ago, um, I believe it was November 29th or November 30th of 2016, where we had that tornado in Simpsonville. Went right through Simpsonville's EF1, I think. Yeah. And um, that was after I, I was still working at WCBI in Columbus, Mississippi at the time. And I we were on the air for I don't know how long, hours, hours, hours. Um, and that was the same system that, that brought the Simpsonville tornado the next day. So. Um, yeah, Dixie Alley is just, I don't know if it's shifting more so because, you know, the planes still get plenty, um, but it, it sure seems like um, here recently, kind of Dixie Alley's uh, taking the fame over the, the, the usual Tornado Alley in, in, some, in some capacity. Um, man, that's, you're, I, I agree with that. It's, uh, it's uh, neat to, to hear that you were covering that. And I mean, it's very sad, obviously, because it's a tornado um and, that, and there was definitely fatalities i'm sure with that but it's um it's it's exciting uh you know as a weather enthusiast a meteorologist to be able to get those details down and to try to save lives yeah that's that's what we do at the end of the day you know we're we're servants we're public servants and you know we wake up every day to try and you know my mantra is always if someone comes up to me and say hey you helped save my life you did great coverage blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I didn't single-handedly save their life. But if something I said caused them to do something to take protective action, then that is what, that is what we're striving for. Absolutely. And that leads me to my next question is, um, how do you stay weather aware? Uh, how do I stay weather aware? Well, um, first off, a lot of people ask me, you know, what app I use and, and um, I, <laughs> I am the app. You know what I mean? Like, I just, <laughs> if I want to look up a forecast, I just go look it up for myself, and I don't use an app. Yeah. Um, but how do I stay weather aware? I'm very fortunate that I have a, a Monday through Friday um, morning job here in, in Greenville, um, and that allows me, you know, to be really in tune to the forecast hardcore five days a week. I don't say that I don't look at weather Saturday or Sunday, but if it's super quiet, I do like to kind of remove myself a little bit. Um, but, you know, that's that's basically how I stay in tune is because in that five-day stretch throughout the whole year, you're constantly watching the next system. And um, if it happens to be on Saturday, of course, you know, I'm, I'm ready to do whatever. Um, but when I'm, that's how I stay weather aware at 
in in the grand scheme of things. But if I'm if I'm planning a trip somewhere, you know, I'll do the exact same thing I do for here. I look at the same models just for that different region. And, um, you know, that's that's I, I in, in terms of I do use an app, uh, Radar Scope. Um, I'm sure yeah, you've heard of yeah. it. Um, so that's how I stay in tune if I'm not at work um, and I need to look at the radar. I do use that app for radar, but in terms of like a forecast or anything like that, I do not use. And in fact, I yeah, I don't discourage it, but like that should just be a first glimpse for people. Like they wake up every morning, check the weather app on their phone. And what we would like to have happen is for <laughs> them to then tune in to, you know, shameless plug, but our broadcasts are, you know, their favorite trusted, you know, media source because, you know, apps with especially the event tomorrow, which I'm sure we'll gloss over later, it are terrible in terms of, you know, trying to resolve things that apps just can't do. You know what I mean? So speaking uh, of that, I, I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I'm going to look at my AccuWeather app right now and just see what it says. Um, I'm going to look at the, okay. Wednesday cloudy. Oh, Thursday rain mixing with snow. Hmm. Okay. Look, look at there. Fair, <laughs> fair, fair assessment so far, but it doesn't show you. Does it? I mean, I'm sure it says like you can break it down hour by hour, and it can. Will it show you like at 3 p.m. Is it going to be snowing yeah. or not? Yeah. Let's see. Uh, I got to figure that one out. Um. But continue talking, and I'll I'll tell you in a minute. <laughs> but yeah. So that's 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 kind of you know. Uh, a point I would, you know, always like to caution everyone is that, you know, apps serve a purpose. Yes, we have an app too. Um, but it, it really, you know, comes down to, you know, the app can give you a, a brief look, but then it is, uh, it is our jobs. You know, we have multiple jobs. I just told you that we're trying to save lives, but also we're just trying to inform public about snow tomorrow or whenever. And so that's, you know, they, I would, we'd like it for them to tune to us or their favorite, you know, meteorologists to then walk them through what they cannot get on their app. Um, and that's, that's something that I, you know, I, I once was told um, if a viewer walks away from my weather cast and still has a question, then I did not do the best job that I could have done. And I always, especially I try to operate that operate under that assumption 365 days a year but especially on like the high impact days, I want to be as thorough as possible. Um, so like if someone walks away from my weathercast and say, well, can I cut grass at 10 o'clock in the morning? Is it going to rain? And if they can't answer that question based on what they just watched from me, then I failed. I failed them. Do you see what I mean? Oh, I do. And, so, and, and I agree with that. That's that's an interesting way to look at it. Um, that actually is going to help me. Thank you. Yes, I, I had one of the best TV um, teachers in, in school, and uh, he, he taught us that, among uh, lots of other things, and uh, that, that is something that super sticks with me. To let the um, weather community know, um, he, um, Isaac Williams works for Fox Carolina, just like Nicole Pepe, and um, you can go check them out on their Facebook and um, on the internet at foxcarolina.com. Um, check um, Isaac out in the mornings, which uh, I have watched him every morning. Yeah. And uh, I wanted to say that the uh, the AccuWeather app says 1 p.m. Thursday, rain, snow mix, 35 degrees. Okay. What does it say for 3 p.m.? 3 p.m. it says cloudy. <laughs> mm. See, so that, that kind of goes against what our forecast calls for. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and... Um, it, it, that's just that's the thing we battle with a lot because some people don't tune in and they just look at their app and then but then they'll come running to us after the fact and be like you were wrong and then mm-hmm. you know I can't I can't possibly know if they actually watched or not but I know firsthand you know even some of my friends they know I'm a meteorologist but sometimes like oh my app said this and then it didn't do that I'm like well did you watch your local person well no and I'm like well then what well, that that's not fair <laughs> that defeats so, the point of the purpose <laughs> right right um, it does so i want to tell you another app that my friend uh, just introduced me to i don't know if you have an iphone or an android i don't know if it's on android or not um it's called weather lab uh, i've heard of it um but i i don't uh, know the ins and outs of it very well do you know um, um gibson ridge like gr2 gr3 yes okay yes. it's like that for your phone okay yeah 
So anyway, just want to introduce you to that one. So let's kind of backtrack here. We kind of got straight into the weather. Um, tell us your story. What was it that got you into weather? Is there a crazy weather event that sold you on the idea of becoming a meteorologist? Well, kind of. I, I've basically loved weather my entire life. Um, so I always tell people age six because that's, you know, just when I fully remember loving weather. Um, yeah. Nothing happened at age six to make me love it. Um, so in 2000, I, we had an F4 tornado go about a quarter mile from the house. And I would say that certainly enhanced the spark. I was 10 years old at that point. Um, and then, of course, the April 27th outbreak in 2011. Um, but by that point, I was already kind of on the I was in college then. So I was on the track to becoming. Um, but, yeah, those I would say the F4 tornado in 2000 and then the the, the 2011 outbreak certainly solidified it. Um, but I didn't want to originally be on television. I wanted to be at the Weather Service and issue the tornado warning. I want to be I wanted to be the guy behind the scenes to, you know, press the red button to issue a tornado warning. And um, then I went to undergrad at Alabama. I got my geography degree um, because I had a little moment halfway through. I'm like, oh, I don't want to leave home yet. And um, Alabama still doesn't have a meteorology program. They've, they've got some more weather courses now. I think they offer some form of a certificate. Don't quote me on this. Uh, I do know that they offer, even when I was there, they offered several weather courses, and I, I took every one of them, obviously. Uh, but my geography is my actual degree um, in undergrad. And then I'm like, okay, well, I have to get a meteorology degree now. <laughs> I can't <laughs> stay at home forever. So I went 80 miles down the road to Mississippi State and um, got my master's degree from there. Um, and technically, the, my master's is geosciences with a concentration in broadcast meteorology. But for lack of a better term, it's meteorology. And, uh, you know, and then after that, yeah, that just uh, became, that was my, I did an internship in undergrad um, at Fox 6 WBRC in Birmingham. And um, after that, fell in love with the broadcast side of things. Um, I still, I was like, oh, I get to be a scientist, but then I get to just kind of tell the weather, you know, so that seems cool. And uh, so that's what I did. And um, so I've uh, been in the business almost uh, seven years now. So. That's uh, that's that's great. Um, I knew Mississippi State had one. Um, I had looked into it myself, and I was like, "Well, I gotta have online because I can't go to Mississippi State. I live here." <laughs> yes. Well, Mississippi State does do it online. Um, they they have a certificate online a program. It's very well respected. Um, I used to teach in their program actually, so I, I think I've taught almost every course at some point in the in, since I've graduated. Um, and there's some statistic out there, roughly speaking, I think like 57-ish percent of people on television doing weather, whether they have their certificate or the actual degree, went through Mississippi State. Um, it is a, it is a astounding statistic. You know, if you think about every weather anchor or meteorologist in the United States, roughly speaking, 57 percent of them are affiliated with Mississippi State. So. Yeah, wow, that I didn't know that. Um, I had uh, found out. Um, actually, I'd gotten accepted to uh, the Penn State online uh, certificate program, <clears throat> and uh, I looked at the uh, the finances for it. And was like, oh, oh, uh, backtrack. <laughs> Got to start yeah. over again. <laughs> so they yeah. uh, they told me they said that I could reapply again next year, which would be this year, um, whenever I got that uh, situated. Okay. Well, uh, good luck. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I, I have, I'm going to look into Mississippi State as well now. Um, I didn't know it, but I do now. So uh, thank you for that. Sure. Um, I've got a, a, a kind of a weird question. Um, and uh, if you don't want to answer it, that's fine. Because it, anyway, I'm going to ask you. Ask, um, how do y'all do, do y'all collaborate with any other meteorologists locally? Or do you guys just stick to the team and that's it? Stick to the team, and that's it. Okay. Uh, we always uh, look at the weather service's forecast just to make sure we're not seeing something outlandish, you know. Um, so that's something. In terms of, yeah, stick to the team. I personally, I when I forecast, I do. I either don't ever look at the weather service's forecast, or it is the very last thing. In fact, I, I, let me take that back. I forecast. And then at the very last thing I do, I read their area forecast discussion. 
And but I don't actually look at their zone forecast or their, you know, unless I just am curious, obviously, but usually the area forecast discussion, I can see what they're thinking, you know, and make sure that our thinking is loosely aligned. You know, if they're forecasting something outlandish and I miss it or I'm thinking we may get something else and they're seeing something else, it's always good. You know, and of course, we're always aware of what all the other TV stations are, are doing. But um, we, yeah, we just stick to the team. And, and uh, you know, once we commit to a forecast, unless there's some glaring reason to, you know, deviate from it, we just we abide by it until uh, sometimes the bitter end. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about the weather models. And, you know, the data provided from them. So um, on the Internet, it's, you know, it's freely given um, to the general public. Um, you guys use it. Us weather enthusiasts use it. And sometimes weather enthusiasts abuse it. And um, and I've seen some meteorologists abuse it, too. And I'm not naming names, but it's um, just explain what the weather models like the European, the GFS, the NAM, et cetera, what their purpose really is for. So, um how I view weather models is obviously it's a model, first of all. Second of all, um, they are ingesting weather balloon data that are, you know, launched twice a day across the country in various spots. In a perfect world, we'd have a weather balloon go up every hour across every square mile of the United States because mm-hmm. you have to think, you know, especially here, the there's a balloon launched in Atlanta, there's a balloon launched in Charleston, and there's a balloon launched in Greensboro, North Carolina. We are literally in the middle of, uh, and I think Morristown does one too, uh, but four, we're literally in the middle of four weather balloons. And I tell kids this all the time when I take a weather balloon out there. I'm like, you know, these are launched twice a day, nowhere near here. So what does that leave us to do? And basically we have to interpolate the data, first of all. So whenever you start interpolating, you lose accuracy inherently. And B, if something was wrong with the weather balloon, you know, it you put and always I don't know if you've heard this phrase, garbage in, garbage out. You put garbage into a weather model, you're going to get garbage out of it. Yep. So and just because a model is higher resolution does not mean it is more accurate. It just means that it, it can sample more layers like the computer, the computer running it can can. It is a higher resolution, but it does not equate to accuracy. And, um, you know, each model has different physics that they look at. Each model has different um, parameters that they use for um, processing the the weather data. Um, And, you know, 18Z and 6Z, you know, runs are inherently just kind of an update to the data that were ingested prior so that's that's another you know common i don't know i want to say abuse because i mean that's that's kind of a strong word but i think a lot of people when they see the 6c and 18z runs of models you know they they often forget that that actual weather balloon data were not ingested into that unless there was some special launch you know which i think can get incorporated into it but um yeah models are just models and it's our job to you know look at them know their bias you know if you and that's another good thing about being in tune with the weather at least five days a week is that over time you just kind of know what some models are gonna spit out you know and you know earlier i'm you know earlier with this week like the european was one of the driest models even when the nam was showing you know snow here and you know it's there are different reasons for that, but you just kind of have to, it's all about pattern recognition. It's all about knowing the model biases and just kind of putting that human element into it. You know, I mean, computers are great and I'm happy that we can look 16 days in the future, but like you have to understand, you know, we show seven day forecasts on television for a reason. Outside of that, there's really no need in showing any more than, I won't even like doing seven day i would prefer to do five day yes you know seven days decent confidence you know and outside of that i mean there's just no need in 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 i live and die by every model run like leading up to the day of the event you know but like if the european or the gfs shows a you know blizzard here seven (laughs) days out 
I'm not going <laughs> to obsess over every quarter hour, you know, quarter day run. You know, I'm just going to wait and see what happens. So that was a really long winded answer. But models are great, but you just got to know their limitations. You realize at the end of the day, there's still a computer and um, yeah, there, there still needs to be improvement. And I, you know, hope that we can continue improving them. But um, yeah, at the end of the day, you put garbage into a model, you're going to get garbage out. So. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And uh, just to touch a little base on what I was saying with the um, kind of abusing it, like uh, some weather enthusiasts, you know, they'll post that one model run on the internet and just freak people out, you know, like being an alarmist. And it's like, um, that that really hurts the weather community as a whole. Um, and it really, at that point, when I see things like that, um, seeing as, you know, we're not certified meteorologists here, which I'm working to be, um, that uh, we push listening to local meteorologists to our followers. Like, hey, did you see this model run? We're like, well, yeah, we saw it, but, you know, we didn't post anything about it because that's, you know, it's 14 days out. And, right. uh, you know, pay attention to what your locals are saying, pay attention to what the National Weather Service is saying, and go from there. Um, and don't trust just one model run is pretty much what I, you know. Right. Don't trust one model run. And I'm not, you know, for lack of a better term, like poo-pooing, you know, people that don't have a degree and sharing it. I'm just, I, I think the push is like for the general public to kind of think before they share and yeah. just, if they see something, then, then their next step should be, okay, well, did Isaac say this? Did Chris Justice say this? Did it, What is the National Weather Service saying? Like, go to the, the next layer of whatever, you know, before they just press share. Because I think sometimes, you know, we get accused of missing a forecast when we may not even have put out the flight. They might not even seen our forecast. They would have seen this model five days ago, not mm -hmm. checked into the forecast, and then oh, well, we didn't get five inches of snow. That's what you said. Well, no, we didn't say that. Or maybe we did, but you, you know what I mean? Like five yep. days ago, we, you know, wouldn't. We, I have this hard, fast rule, and we, we generally adopt this as a team locally or anyway, but I have a rule where, like, I refuse to talk about, like, accumulation, like for a winter event, accumulation, like, uh, before two days out. I also have a rule, unless it's a very exceptional case, I don't like to use the word tornado and, and until we're two days in, like inside of the event, because um, there's there's people just especially with what happened in Spartanburg several weeks ago. And then we had that severe weather the other I forget which day it was even it was one morning um, last week, I think, when we had a line of storms come through. We had yep. a lot of severe thunderstorm warnings yep. and a lot of people were like, oh, what about Spartanburg? And because they get all anxious and uh, that's completely valid and warranted. So those those types of things I like to avoid um, until we get closer and closer. That's a good way to look at it. You know, um, not being alarming. And you can always use different terminologies and words for um, talking about these things. And and to um, to hear that, that's really good. That's actually going to help me um, with us at the Weather Guys. Um, we made our, our fair share of mistakes posting things too early and things like that. And, you know, people like, you know, saying, you said it'll be five inches of snow, you know, it doesn't happen. So um, one of my um, seasoned uh, team members, um, he's been here his whole life and he's in his 60s. And uh, so he knows, he loves the weather. He's been studying the weather since he was a kid. He missed his calling. And um, he, last night, I finally got him after like six years of doing this page to tell me what his thoughts were on totals. And he's like, I can't believe you got me to do it because he doesn't like to even talk about totals at all. <laughs> right. So anyway, um, let's uh, let's jump forward here. Um, so tell us um, how forecasting weather here in the upstate is and how difficult and sometimes frustrating it can be. Oh, God. Well, you know, when I first got here, I in school, you know, depending on where you go to school, obviously it's region specific. I mean, I took. We covered mountain meteorology in school, but we did not spend uh, like a lot of time on it. We, you know, and so I know the basics of mountain meteorology, but like, you know, I'm sure if you went to, you know, I, I don't even know West Coast. Uh, Washington has one. I'm sure they cover a little bit more mountains. That's besides the point. When I got here, we had a front come through and I forecast, I think mm, like 50 
I don't remember exactly. It was like 53 degrees for a high here in Greenville. And it got to like 65. And Ooh. a combination of things happened. First of all, the cold front, you know, I have found now that I've lived here for a while, cold fronts always hang up in the mountains. And they do not come out of the mountains as fast sometimes as either I was trained to look for and or sometimes those blessed models, you know, sometimes <laughs> push the front <laughs> too fast. And the second of all... Um, now this is my bad because I guess I just kind of misjudged the 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 this effect. But um, diab uh, adiabatic warming of the air, you know, air comes off the mountain, sinks and compresses, and that was why I busted the high that badly that day. Is because I thought cold air advection would win would win basically. I'm like, oh, cold front's coming through, some colder air being advected in. Well, what I failed to account for is the fact that, yes, it is cold air advection, but it's coming down 4,000 feet, 5,000 feet of mountains, and it is compressing and it is warming. So mm -hmm. that is why my 53 became a 65, you know, or whatever I forecast that day. It was about a 10-degree bust. And so, you know, this, that, you know, sometimes just forecasting a, a cold front, whether, whether or not any rain or snow is associated with it, sometimes that gives me headaches. Um, obviously, snow forecasting is very hard. Wedge mm. forecasting is very hard, and that can be with winter weather or severe weather. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and Kendra, um, we, we, we have a few tricks, you know, that we kind of use, and she's taught me, you know, to look at the dew point, you know, on a morning of severe weather. And if it's a certain value, you know, it's game on, basically, yep. if all the other parameters are in place. But if it's not, you know, that wedge may hold. And despite what the models say, you know, with the mop, like, there was one day, literally, I think every model that I use, except, you know, one or two, and I look at a lot, push the wedge out, and I forecast 73, and it was 58, and the wedge held. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll use that in the future, because I always, 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 especially here, because it's so wacky here, but I always <laughs> go back, if we mess up a forecast, you know, I always go back and look to see why it happened the way it did and how I can use that in the future. Pine casting is brilliance, you know, like I think that that is almost, almost as important as just like, you know, you're just generic forecast, you know, cause we miss occasionally and then we have to go back and figure out why. Um, um, yes. But yeah, I would say that, um, you know, just, and, and just knowing your elevations um, here, I've, I've struggled sometimes kind of memorizing the elevations of different areas um, and you know, obviously getting better as I spend more time here, but, uh, yeah, this is, you know, I came from Mississippi where cold air advection won because there was no mountains to come over. So, you know, uh, that's, that was, a, that was a very fast adjustment, um, to that. And then, you know, also came, you know, Dixie alley. And then I come over here and not to say we don't get tornadoes, but you know, we don't get the big ones here, thankfully, you know, but Mississippi's prone to getting EF fours and fives you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and we aren't basically. So. Oh yeah. That um, I'm going to tell you um, when I got into doing this and uh, realizing, I mean, our forecast area is pretty much what the national weather service does. Um, and uh, we cover, but we cover all of South Carolina, um, Northeast Georgia and all of North Carolina and a little bit of Tennessee. But when I say we cover, we don't do like five days, seven day forecast. Cause that would just, that would definitely be a second job for me and I'm not getting paid for it. So um, it would be, um, we cover, you know, storms and, you know, things that are coming, you know, just things that we can cover all over the state, say, you know, like right now, um, the Eastern North Carolina is looking to get hit the hardest out of yes. this system. Um, so, you know, we'll talk to them a little bit more, but um, one of our biggest times of the year for us is, uh, is this time of year is uh, winter and um, hurricane season. Yes. And because people just they they want to know that information. So um, I agree with you forecasting weather here and that darn I-85 corridor. Oh, <sighs> it's 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 tough. And tomorrow going to be that magic line again. Um, it, it, it's just it's all about elevation. Speaking um, of that storm, uh, we we've made it 31 minutes in. We hadn't really talked about it. So let's uh, let's jump into that for just a minute. Um, everyone. Um, the weather um, community will let you guys know um, here in the upstate of South Carolina, um, Western North Carolina, Eastern North Carolina, and possibly some coastal regions and whatnot um, are looking at a pretty 
good uh, snow system uh, moving in. Um, Thursday, tomorrow, um, probably, I'm going to say this is my outlook on it. Um, we could see some precipitation moving into the upstate between 10 and 11, and it fully possibly changing over to snow by 1, 2 p.m., and lasting until about mm, 8 to 10 uh, p.m. Um, in the evening. And uh, we will have a snow line that is going to be clear and concise. And uh, um, just to say, I, I have not seen your forecast yet. I've been busy at work and come home and doing this. So that's what I've been looking at. What are you thinking? Well, I mean, it's it's very, very touch and go. Um, it's... Uh, <laughs> I am trying, you know, I approach this event, you know, with a little bit of a mindset where the we've been surprised more or less twice. Uh, mm -hmm. and we have kind of defied atmospheric physics at least once um, where about four Fridays ago, um, you know, it was like 40 degrees and raining and then this burst of snow just literally came out of nowhere the, the end of january the end of january right. yeah yeah and, that, that one um, caught us by surprise right and so and then we cooled from 40 to 35 in the matter of an hour so that's what is going to happen tomorrow but i what i don't like about if, if we're going to bust tomorrow i i don't like the fact that we're starting the day at like 41 degrees with with rain moving in that is generally not ideal for snow yeah uh, and Speaking of what I actually alluded to earlier, cold air sometimes can hang up in the mountains. So that is a possibility as well. Um, but I also know that air can dynamically cool. So we basically are having to force the atmosphere to cool tomorrow via heavy precipitation. And so that is what I have based my forecast on. Um, and, uh, Kendra and I briefly discussed this afternoon as I was leaving and she was arriving. Um, and, you know, basically you, you kind of had the outline, right? Um, I, I, I think that there could be a, a span of Southern Greenville County that does not see any snow and Northern Greenville County that gets, you know, more than two, maybe upwards of three, you know, inches, uh, mm -hmm. you know, the super high elevations, it could be a little higher, but in this particular instance, the, <sighs> It's really tough because the heaviest snow in the upstate may actually fall in Spartanburg and Gaffney tomorrow uh, in terms of the highest snow potential totals. Um, but, yeah, like you said, sometime in the afternoon, you know, that, that changeover could happen. But, like, one run of our um, RPM, our rapid precision mesoscale model in, at station today, literally had the, the rain-snow line like not on 85 it was like more oriented east west right on top of greenville so Ooh. and i'm like i just want to pull my hair out because i'm like that literally could happen where like taylor sees snow and you know <laughs> west end does not see any snow kind of thing um but yeah you know it's there's going to be a, a, a window of opportunity tomorrow for about three hours where I think the precipitation will get heavy enough to cool us down to see snow and uh, and then then it's going to start to dry out like our it looks like we're going to start to dry out from the top down as well. So um, we will eventually shut off the snow making machine, the dendritic growth zone up there. Um, and if there are no dendrites being made, then there will no be no snow falling, basically. Um, and I think that window is from about three to five p.m. tomorrow, at least here in Greenville and Spartanburg. Um, obviously that can change with, with different location, but, um, yeah, um, it, it, it looks like, uh, tomorrow's snow too is going to be more of that slushy, heavy, wet snow because mm -hmm. Saturday, two Saturdays ago when we had it, it was that fluffy powdery, mm -hmm. you know, snow. And uh, that's kind of, that was kind of rare to see here because, um, if for all you science nerds out there tomorrow, we are going to be isothermal at if you look at the SQT, we're going to be isothermal right at zero degrees Ooh. for several thousand feet, which makes me also very nervous um, because it only takes just a little bit of warming past zero, you know, to start to cause some real, real issues in terms of melting the snow and then busting your forecast. Um, mm. 
And that's another thing going back to models. Like they just assume a 10 to one snow ratio, but tomorrow our snow ratios aren't going to be 10 to one. It's going to be more like seven or eight to one. Yep. So basically the snow has to fall harder um, in order to achieve what the models are showing potential snow totals to be. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I don't think it's going to be a blockbuster event. I don't think this is going to be a situation where we see any sort of winter storm warnings for the upstate or anything like that. Um, what, what could very well happen is, you know, um, we, we, we see our snow and right now I officially had Greenville a dusting to two inches. Um, that, that is what I'm, I said this morning and I haven't seen anything to deviate that today, even after I've gotten home. Of course, I've looked at more stuff because I've been insanely refreshing models or whatever. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so dusting to two inches here is what I'm kind of going with. Um, so a dusting would obviously be a situation where it rains longer and we get a little burst of snow on the back end and then it be done, um, which has currently happened. But with temperatures falling into the 20s overnight and with the precip ending at sunset, we're not going to have any chance to warm up. So uh, black ice certainly is, is almost a certainty Friday morning since we're not dropping to like 32. We're going to like 28 or 27. And then if you have a north wind, you have to account for the fact, you know, couple inches three four inches of snow in the mountains blowing over it um obviously will be colder so um ice issues friday morning certainly a possibility yes um, um I, I was seeing that too um they uh the has the travels and stuff roads i think things are going to be crazy on friday morning that's for sure yeah you know we'll see uh um definitely overpasses obviously the first to, to kind of go in that situation but um, once we go, we're, we're forecasting full sun Friday, you know, most of the day. So, um, we, we should be able to, to get out of any issues fairly fast and then sixties this weekend or close to it. So, um, South Carolina weather, <laughs> you know, you gotta love it. Before we float uh, away. You know? Um, let me see here. Um, I was looking at something, uh, of course, the 10 to one ratio, um, uh, the NAM 18 Z is pretty cool to look at. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I saw that, and the 18Z GFS is not uh, uh-uh. very good to look at. Uh-uh. Um, snow lovers, um, it literally pinwheels right around us. And uh, again, I, I mean, I look at every run, like I told you, leading up to this, and I mean, it's it's just I look at a sounding. You know, if you mouse over the 18Z GFS where it is showing rain um, in Greenville, if you click on the sounding and look at it, I mean, it's it's so borderline, but like actually looking at it to me, it's below freezing all the way down to about a thousand feet above the surface. And basically the model just assumes that that's rain, but I, I don't think that it is yeah. accounting for the fact that, you know, if all of that is snow right up until the surface, there's no way all of it can melt into rain. Like it will obviously be snowing. It just may be, you know, melting on contact for the first hour or two but remember we only have maybe three hours total here so if we spend the first hour to hour and a half of the snow just melting then we only have an hour and a half of really like good snow to stick somewhere um so that's why we're not forecasting some insane total um and i'm i i know no other station around i know that we are actually on the higher end or at least we were this morning of of the of the stations here um but it, it, no no stations forecasting them winter storm blizzard crippling you know whatever no. um and unfortunately for us uh, in terms of like uh, schools and you know whatever um this is happening not on the weekend so you know last saturday it was all great and wonderful it was right during the middle of the day everybody was doing their thing it ended and then everybody went on their merry way because it all warmed up and melted so uh, may not be quite like this this time, but uh, you know we'll we'll get through it. If you uh, wouldn't mind, uh, tell the weather community uh, what um, um, what um, tools that you use to forecast weather. Obviously, we've discussed uh, models, but is there any specific favorite pages or favorite things that, like you know, um, College of Dupont page, um, you know, Pivotal Weather, etc. Um, I use uh, the College of DuPage uh, primarily every day. I just like their interface. Um, you can just able to scroll over everything and kind of look at everything in fluid motion. Um, and then they have their point and click soundings that are very helpful. Uh, yes. Pivotal Weather also basically is the same 
almost the same format. So I, I don't use them as much unless I am um, looking at her soundings because um, for whatever reason, you can't look at those on the college page, I don't think. Um, so I do use the pivotal weather, pivotal weather for that. But uh, another, um, for lack of a better term, like kind of tried and true um, model I use is the Shref. Um, specifically the Shref um, main output. Um, oh. and, uh, that basically mean is average, obviously. So that just kind of takes an average of all of its ensemble members. And I use that for severe weather forecasting a lot, um, as well. And, uh, I, I would say, you know, kind of the unsung, not hero, but the unsung like little trick in my toolbox is the Shref. And I mean, I'm, I know a lot of people use it. It's not some, you know, um, not shady model. It's not some unheard of model that nobody uses. Obviously, I'm just saying I, I, I tend to, you know, lean on that one a bit. But then obviously, at the end of the day, it's it's your own training and it's your own experience and it's your own kind of just gut feeling, you know, um, and that obviously factors into it, too. Tell us um, you can incorporate um, your time in Alabama um, and in Mississippi and whatnot. And here, if you want to. Uh, tell us what happens during a crazy weather event with you know at the station from the time that you go to bed into the um, well the time that you wake up and get out of bed and go to work. Um, say it's uh, uh, you know like this this winter storm coming up. Um, tell us how it goes. Every situation's different. Um, I but um, let's see. For example, tomorrow I will probably get up at about four o'clock in the morning um, and. Um, look at a lot of things from home, which is I normally don't do. Um, I usually just go straight to work and look at them there. But tomorrow, since it is an active day, I will probably work later. So I'm going to go in a little bit later. Um, we often do tag team coverage when there's active weather um, and where we'll be doing tag team. Me and uh, Nicole and I will be doing that starting at seven. Um, she's going to handle the 437 solo since it's not Act, like if it was looking to be like a snowy morning, then I would go in at 2 a.m. and we would tag team the whole show. Mm -hmm. um, but since it's looking later in the day, um, we're going to tag team to seven to nine. Um, and, you know, once it, you know, once it gets going, um, it, it just depends. It, it, you know, we, we have more as meteorologists. I think we have a little more. I don't know. I won't call it say so. But usually our management leaves it uh, more up to our discretion um, to go on the air or not with severe weather. And then for winter weather, they just kind of say, okay, we're going to go on the air now <laughs> So for like the, the, the severe weather day that we had you know, a couple Thursdays ago. Um, now that day, um, you know, we, we, we say a tornado warnings issued. I know we, I know you asked me about tomorrow, but snow is different. Snow is just an yeah. entirely different thing in how we cover it. Um, but you know, for the tornado warning, like as soon as the tornado warning is issued, you know, we get on the air and then, you know, we'd say on the air and it, it gets crazy, but you know, I really enjoy when it, when we go, when we start wall to wall, whether it's, you know, for severe weather coverage or for winter weather coverage, because I get to be in the element and I get to be super hyper aware because kind of the days leading up to severe weather events and winter weather events, you know, we're always in the newsroom asked, answering questions and it's fine because the newsroom has to be prepared, you know, but like, I just want to like get into the event and get going like, because the, the days leading up to it are exciting and long, but then I, I don't, I, I like to kind of just be in the moment and um, it, it gets, you know, it gets crazy sometimes, but I mean, we, we've, we've got a team of, of seasoned people management as well that have been through these events hundreds of times. So they know exactly how to approach it and handle it. Uh, so there's been there's been a couple of days of planning in, 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 in the works and everybody knows what they're doing, when they're coming in, where they're going. And they have to know to our field crews that if the forecast changes last minute, they may be sent somewhere else and they just have to be ready to kind of go with it. And uh, God love them people out in the elements because I'm so thankful to be on my green screen. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I have obvious lots of respect for not only our field crews, but all of them, because I mean, it's their job too to kind of show people because some people have to, we get up there and say, you know, don't drive in this, whatever. Well, some people literally have to drive for whatever reason. And like, they need to see, they need to see what it's like to see what they can prepare for, you know? So it obviously 
we it serves a purpose it's just i'm very thankful to be indoors <laughs> so let the um well let the weather community know what you have going on in your life it can be um, anything personal or it can just be something you know the new podcast or weather rate you know something like that oh okay yeah, sorry i mean I, I live a pretty boring life because my hours are really weird um you know they, they've gotten better with our new 10 a.m. Um, show that we've launched in the last several weeks. We launched on January 6th, so a month and a half. Um, but now I do that show and Nicole. So Nicole handles the early half and I handle the later half. So I am very much enjoying these hours um, more. So I get up at 4 a.m., which is still early, but it's not early as 1.45, you know. And um, so that is, um, you know a very much welcomed, you know, thing, getting to quote unquote sleep into 4 a.m. Um, you know, I'd like to have, you know, decent fun on the weekend. Um, big wine enthusiast. Uh, <laughs> and um, yeah, weather rate is, 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 is a good, uh, I'm happy to, to be able to have that. Uh, really, for that sake, really, really hope our forecast pans out tomorrow. I know, um, right? And uh, yeah, outside of that, you know, I mean, that's, I just, uh, I just love weather and, um, I like to game on Xbox occasionally, really? so, yeah. Ooh, maybe we can uh, exchange uh, names after we get done here. and we can oh, gamer tags. <laughs> yeah! Well, um, I want to say thank, thank you to uh, meteorologist Isaac Williams for joining us on the Weather Guys podcast hour. I'm happy to have uh, been here, and I hope that uh, some, some you or somebody listening uh, was able to, you know, if not learn something, at least, you know, get a little bit more insight about what we do. And, you know, uh, I'll kind of leave it with this, you know, um, it is not our, um, purview. it's not our, what is the word I'm looking for? Um, desire to wake up every morning and produce, uh, a, a, a bad forecast. Like wh whatever you see, whoever you're watching on television, like they have thought about it and thought about it and thought about it and they are not just you know you know throwing darts and at the wall and seeing which one sticks and just kind of going with it blindly you know so when when viewers get mad i, I realize you know you, you, they can get frustrated and that's fine um but i would just like to do a little friendly reminder that predicting the future is hard it is difficult and we as meteorologists do not wake up every day to see how wrong we can be and i will leave you with that <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I I enjoy that one. Um, everyone, um, <clears throat> you can uh, find Isaac Williams at foxcarolina.com um, and on the uh, morning news on uh, Fox. And uh, you can check him out um, on Twitter at WX underscore Isaac. Um, he also has a Facebook page, Isaac Williams. Check him out there and uh, uh, watch his videos and watch his live forecasts. And um, I want to say thank you again to meteorologist Isaac Williams for joining me and uh that was a great podcast. I really appreciate it, uh, you guys, for having me, and I uh, hope we can maybe do something again in the future sometime. This concludes the Weather Guys Podcast Hour, episode number 13. Thank you again to meteorologist Isaac Williams for joining us this evening. Make sure to check out Isaac Williams on Facebook by searching his name, Isaac Williams, and check him out on Twitter at WX underscore Isaac, and then continue to follow the Weather Guys on Facebook.com, the WX guys, Twitter.com, at WX underscore guys. Also, make sure to continue to follow the Weather Guys podcast on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Thank you again to meteorologist Isaac Williams. And as always, stay weather aware.